0: Hello and welcome to Indie Incursion, an indie games podcast, your weekly source for all the indie game news you need to know. This week we're bringing you three awesome indie games news stories, but before we get to any of that, I need to introduce myself. I am Vaughn Hyde and, of course, my illustrious co-host, the biggest of average, Josh Boys. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well. How, uh, you how have you been, man? It's been a whole week. God, I miss you, you know? I've been pretty fantastic. Uh, before we get into... The
0: actual podcast. I should once again give some housekeeping. We are, of course, part of the HP Video Game Podcast Network. I got it right.
1: Yeah. Nice. I was
0: afraid I was going to miss, uh, I was going to z- say the wrong thing. But we are, of course, part of this awesome podcast network. So, so many other podcasts. So make sure you guys check out some of these other podcasts, including the HP Podcast and the Active Quest Podcast. Both great podcasts. I haven't listened to a lot of the others, but I know, Ben. He's a cool guy. He's the uh, he's one of the creators of the podcast network, and I know he's reaching out to some awesome podcasts, so I'm not worried about them. I think they're probably going to be great. I'm going to have to listen to them myself, just mm-hmm. to make sure. One I mean, of them you know?
1: sounded pretty cool. There was like one where, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but they go through with a bunch of developers and talk to them about creating the games. That one sounded pretty cool
0: oh yeah there's a lot of like really really cool podcasts on there there's also one that isn't specifically uh like video game focused it is also like has movies and like other topics and stuff it's kind of like a nerd culture podcast Mm. it's really cool so make sure you guys go check that out once again there's a warning that these will eventually have some ads on them before after and possibly in the middle so you guys might have to sit through those but they are not going to be egregious I would say three is pretty much the highest I'm going to go I'm going to try not to go over three i may if a podcast run was really long maybe insert a fourth but generally never over three hmm. this just i'm just gonna say that now and i should say you guys are gonna start hearing promos for those other podcasts and possibly of course the ads for different products That's our dope. promo just to let you know i did call you the biggest of average josh boys <laughs> since you don't know <laughs> i actually said
1: that oh great we're really really spreading this message across
0: we gotta get the brand out there. I want everybody to know you are the biggest of
1: average Josh boys. That's pretty nice. I'm uh, I'm pretty super stoked about that. Also, you should be. Let's uh let's take a take a trip back uh, about a minute ago. Hey, uh, fuck you, buddy. You're supposed to say I miss you back when someone uh, gives you that line.
0: I honestly didn't realize you said that.
1: <laughs> Ooh, come on, we gotta you gotta reciprocate here. This is this is not cool. Now we're now we're starting this podcast all with this funk. All this funk in the air of this not missing. It's not cool, buddy.
0: <laughs> I guess next time I'll listen out a little bit better. Oh, yeah, I'll listen you? to make sure I say I
1: also miss. You. <laughs> yeah. You know, when there's two people and you're having a conversation, that's generally what you should do. Is <laughs> listen, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a, I,
0: I think I have that issue just across the board. That's probably why I'm destined to be alone, even though I'm about to get married.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, Hopefully I mean, she doesn't mind you not listening to her.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think she minds. Oh well, see, then yeah. it's perfect. I'm kind of a doofus anyway, so what's the point of me listening? Like, I'm not going to give good input.
1: So hey now, hey now, you know. don't, yeah, uh, that's just
0: don't... a staple of garbage people right there. Is just probably doesn't matter if they listen.
1: Whew! All right, well, depressing <laughs> note number one. All right, uh, we yeah, should right give, like, a now counter. we just gotta like. Oh. And
0: on a depressing note too. I know. We began with it, and we're going to end with it.
1: Oh, the full circle. It's nice. It's nice yeah. to you know fulfill this prophecy that is your depression.
0: <laughs> yeah, the truest art form is symmetry, dude. Mm. Everything has to be symmetrical. That wow. is beauty. All right. So this is a beautiful podcast because it's perfectly symmetrical.
1: Wow. I oof, didn't know I was taking an art class here. What a what a surprise. Neither did
0: uh, any of the people listening. But turns out you are.
1: Huh? Ah, yeah. good to know.
0: I raised my eyebrows. You couldn't see it, but I did like that, like sexy eyebrow raise. You know, Ooh, I felt probably wasn't though. that sexy for my like hairy ginger beard and stuff.
1: <laughs> but no, nah, no, nah. it was so sexy. I could, I could feel it right now.
0: You could feel it in my I, voice. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, 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 nice. That's good. That's All right. Anyway, creepy yeah, stuff aside. Yeah. What have aside. you been doing this week? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. I actually picked up a pretty cool book that I wanted to talk about just to it's it's a pretty old book. Um, but I've been on this fix where I'm like, I wanna start reading again because I used to be an avid book reader and I just kinda fell off the wagon and I'm just like haven't really read a book in quite some time and I was like, hmm, I should start picking that tradition up, start doing like, you know, some night reading before I go to bed. Um and I was like, hmm, what interests me? And I have a big obsession with, like, the Fallout series and the whole post-apocalyptic kind of side of things. So I basically just did a Google search, and I was like, does Fallout have any books? And no, it doesn't, which I was like, hmm, I'm surprised they're not doing that. (laughs) Um, But then I basically went on a couple of, like, forums, and people were saying, like, oh, you should read this and this for something that's similar to it. And so I picked up The Postman. Um, and the postman is actually pretty cool I'm only like a couple chapters in but it's essentially a post-apocalyptic world where you're jumping in as this character who is essentially just right from the bat uh, right off the bat attacked by bandits and he's like scavenging for his life and trying to make it through it's his struggle and like recollection of what is happening after a nuclear nuclear fallout <clears throat> And so the reason why it's called The Postman is because uh, a little bit into the book, like the second chapter or so, he stumbles upon this one car and finds uh, just this basically skull and and bones of a person that used to be a mailman. So he essentially just takes the jacket because all of his clothes were ripped from the bandit being attacked and takes the clothes and the the bag, I guess, for some reason, because he wanted to write on the paper that was in there from, like, the old letters. And so all of a sudden, all of these people are treating him differently because from that, like, era, postmen were seen with a much higher view. So he's just like, oh, everyone's being so nice to me out of nowhere. So I'm kind of, like, at that point where now this whole city is just, like parading him around and asking him stories about being a postman and he's just like i just found the clothes but the way he worded it was he (laughs) they they were like tell us about being a postman like why did you become one and he goes oh uh i just found the postman stuff and you know basically like he's basically trying to say it in he just found the clothes and took the stuff but they took it as, like, I was born for it, and so I became a postman. And so everyone's, like, cheering him on, and they love him, and they're giving him food and stuff and being nice to him. So it's, like, I'm, that's basically where I've stopped. But it, it's a really interesting read because it's just how people see each other in different light based on, you know, obviously their profession and choice in life. As well as the struggle of trying to exist after what would theoretically be a post-apocalyptic, uh, you know, nuclear fallout. It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah that sounds really cool. It seems like the author has a has a real thing for like mailmen. Yeah, that's women, what I was you know? like
1: I and granted I'm not a history buff. I don't know if back, you know, uh years back they were sh- given people so, actually yeah like so much mailman. more credibility of a mailman <laughs> of being like you were a godsend kind of a thing but like the way that city talked about the postman they were just like everyone was like oh they were such a great guy mine was great mine was amazing mine would sing and blah blah, blah. like so it's kind of a little bit of a like just odd in the fact that like all right I don't know if a postman is really the one that I would have chosen like maybe if it was like a a war veteran it it might make a little more sense because maybe in that town they would have you know valued it or something I feel like but at the same time I don't know really what the concept of that world if it's really even our worlds or it's you know some other kind of similar earth-like world but regardless um, it's a fun read so far I've enjoyed it It it's pretty cool
0: yeah, I kind of see why they'd be valued because they perform like – or they at least before this apocalypse performed a valuable public service and right. they pretty much had like zero threat to your life in any way. You know what I mean? Like they, yeah. they weren't threatening because – I don't know. I, yeah. I see why a postman would be a little bit
1: more approachable. Yeah, they're not like the milkman fucking your wife, you know?
0: Yeah, dude. I don't – I mean I don't know where milkman exists and <sighs> – that was a big
1: thing back in the day. The guy would come with milk. Yeah, he would to your wife. You know what I mean? Yeah, he'd give her the nice white uh, liquid. Yeah, he's not actually
0: a milkman. People just call him the milkman.
1: Oh, man. I can't wait for Psychonauts 2.
0: Yeah, me neither.
1: <laughs> Strange tangent. But just back to video games, I guess.
0: Delayed to 2020. I'll just I'll just go die. It's cool.
1: It's okay, buddy. No big deal. Know, they're, they're perfecting... Uh, I was going to say they're perfecting perfection, which makes no sense, but they're perfecting greatness, you know, whatever. I sure hope so, big Josh boy because we'll I'm very excited for that. Have you been playing any games this week? Just reading the postman. Reading the postman. No, I've actually been playing a couple of games. Uh so the first one I'll talk about is uh my review just went up today actually. It's for Ion Fury. So we talked a little bit about this a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because uh what was originally called Ion Maiden, but due to litigation, they ended up changing their name. Um, is essentially like an old school Doom or uh, Wolfenstein game or Duke Nukem 3D. There's a long list of those style games where it's basically like the weird way to describe it is that it's a 2D but also 3D world where everything kind of looks like a cardboard cutout and you're just like running through it. Um, but it basically it's uh 3D realms are the uh the publishers behind it and those were the originals for Duke Nukem 3D so it has that same kind of uh feel to it it's very reminiscent to the times of those old school shooters and it does definitely play into a lot of the same aspects of Being very much a shooter, but having a lot of hidden elements where there's different secrets that you can find, hidden rooms, walls that you can blow up. Um, There's a number of different levels of difficulty that, you know, scale up depending on how... Um, proficient you are in shooters there's a number of different weapons there's some that are like kind of wacky and some of the humor in the the actual environment itself is a little like goofy at times just from posters on the wall there was like a golden toilet encased in a giant like glass case for some reason in one area like there's weird stuff Um, maybe it's because elvis died on the toilet maybe But it's set in this futuristic city called Neo DC, and you're Shelly, who is this woman who's part of a bomb squad who's like taking on this evil cult leader that's basically telling people, like, hey, get out of the city, like stay in your homes or you'll be killed, and we're taking over the city. That's pretty much where like the story stops. There's really not much to it, and it's animated in more of like a like the start of the story is just a panel kind of like a comic panel that shows and then it just goes into it which is fine but it was just a little strange because i you know it makes sense if you're thinking of the reminiscent feeling for the time of them going into that old school shooter-esque type but it's like yeah i get the fact that you're trying to play to that nostalgic part but you could also put cutscenes. I don't know. It was a little thing where I was like, meh, but it really doesn't, you know, detract anything from the game. And the story is definitely not the big piece to this. It's obviously the combat and the secrets and playing with all the different weapons that you get. Um, my biggest concern was it uh, with it was basically this is a good game if you're familiar with that style, if you're familiar with you know those shooters back in the day and you really enjoyed them. This is like more of the same. This is what you really want. If you're not, however. This honestly, like, there are really good elements to the game, but I struggled sometimes to push my way through completing this because the pacing just feels so strange. Like, it just would have levels that just felt like they went on forever. And it's just the same repeating enemies. And there's a good variation of enemies. It's just generally you would have the same, like, three or four types that would go in repetition And then you would do that for a good amount of time. You'd find a key card, you'd go to the next room, maybe one or two of the other enemy types would show up, and then it would be more of the common enemies. And then you would get to a, like, you would have to go through that twice before, uh, twice or three times, I think it was, uh, because there's like different levels in each zone, which is essentially like saying a world. And at the end of that zone, You would then fight a boss and the bosses were actually pretty fun they were you know more intense or just different types of enemies that would show up and my main concern was like I feel like those levels just could have been shortened and put more repetition of the different boss cycles and kept it a little bit tighter as far as the packaging goes and it would have been great but otherwise there were just levels where I was like alright I really can't do this and I would sometimes just be like I'm going to use the God cheat mode and rush through this level because it's just more of the same so I can get to like the fun parts of the game where there were bosses in it. So like it was it was a little bit of a struggle at certain times, but there's like really good elements to the game. So I still ended up giving it a seven because I did have fun with it. I just felt like it dragged on a bit too much.
0: Oh man. Yeah, See? it kind of wears thin. See? That's, that's
1: <laughs> my exact point. That yawn is is what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, even hearing about it was boring. (laughs) That's what I'm saying.
1: It's like, it's not a bad game at all. Like, it's a good game, but that's basically where it stops is like, it's a good game. It has some really good elements, but I just don't think it has, like, I've seen a lot of uh, reviews now that I'm done with mine. I'm starting to look at some of like the Steam reviews and some of the other reviews that are coming out and people are like ranting and raving about it, but I just, I didn't feel it. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I've never been a fan of those kind of games, honestly. Uh, And just to be myself and kind of stay on brand with my nitpicky persona, I
1: really hate when you walk and you kind of bounce. That really bothers me. Honestly, that that kind of, uh, and I didn't put it in my review because it only happened to me once, but I was also very careful afterwards when playing the game. But the first time I sat down and played it, I played it for more than an hour and a half. I think it was like two hours or so. And the the way the game plays with that kind of bounce feeling to it and the way your character moves is actually pretty fast uh, from one area to the next. And I kind of got, not really like motion sickness, but I just felt really nauseous. And ever since, I would not play the game more than you know, an hour or so at a time, because I was kind of nervous about feeling that. I never got it again, but it was one of those things where I was like, I don't know if this is just me having a bad day or if it was a fluke. So I didn't want to put it in the review, but it definitely did happen the first time I sat down to play it. So it's a little, uh, it was a little weird. But. Yeah, so just be like have
0: a have a puke bucket with you when you play this <laughs> game is what I'm hearing.
1: <laughs> no, but granted, how could
0: you not include that as a public service announcement within your review? I That's mean, just fucked up of you.
1: <laughs> well, because it only happened once and it's not like an official thing. I also just don't know if I was having a bad day.
0: You just uh, like throw up all over yourself, maybe. <laughs>
1: I felt pretty shitty. It was it was not a fun time. Um, but then, so I'll jump to the the next one that I've been playing actually, which you might enjoy. Uh, I started playing Moonlighter. Oh yeah, big Josh boy! Did you get those cool little
0: creatures yet? I sure did. I never
1: used them because I didn't want them to die. Do they die? I never. No, used they them. don't die. They don't die. They'll really? sometimes. I think what happens is um, they can get like knocked out because I've seen times where they like stop but I haven't really paid too much attention to them because, honestly, they don't do a lot of use. The slime one is probably one of my favorites just because he stuns people, so I don't really need them for the damage. I just need them for that status effect.
0: And because slimes are fucking cool.
1: It's actually kind of annoying because there's so many slimes in the game that I constantly will forget that like which one is mine and get hit thinking oh i don't have to hit this this is my little slime guy and then getting pissed off cuz i'm like oh you're not my friend and then i have to take damage and then kill him and it's it's a big thing but that,
0: yeah i guess that checks out that would definitely be a problem
1: yeah it's kind of annoying because they look exactly like the enemies um but they're a little bit
0: smaller though aren't they
1: well not for slimes cuz slimes are so tiny yeah, already slimes are pretty small and
0: when you whack them sometimes they divide into smaller ones yeah so, so. like
1: the the slimes they're the only one that have that problem but they're the only ones that I really find useful so it's like it's a struggle but regardless I I picked it up because um and this is one of those hey there are some awesome things from the uh epic game store I got this game for free uh it was a free pickup from I think a month ago or maybe like a couple weeks back and I picked it up and I finally had some time to jump into it. And I just tried it for uh, a couple of hours. I've so far gotten to the second dungeon. Um, and I'm just kind of playing around in there. It's it's actually a, a lot of fun. I, I was not anticipating the shop part to be as interesting as it was and granted it's not like mind blowing but i do like the little kind of numbers game you have to play when finding out what item is worth what and now that i'm starting to build out the shop that i'm getting more people who are asking for specific items that i have to put out on the table and i have to make sure that i do this all within a certain amount of time because the close or the shop will eventually close and it's just a, it's a nice kind of palate cleanser to having to, you know, jump back into a dungeon over and over again. And it gives you more of that progression because you're like, Oh, I'm making money. So I'm going to get stronger. And next, this time I'll go into the dungeon and I'll be able to take on whoever's down there. Um, So it's, it's been fun so far. Uh, I'm basically just running with a shock, like a stun spear and the bow and arrow. Uh, And I'm just stunning a bunch of people and then shooting baddies when they're far away.
0: Yeah, the uh, I mean, on the point of you feeling like you kind of have a like a sense of progression. The the store does that, but also the fact that the like it seems like a store simulator and then a roguelite as just an added bonus, mm-hmm. which I really like mm-hmm. because that means that when you go into dungeons, sure, that is a large part of the game, but then you come out and you can actually like beef up your gear and all sorts of stuff. So you have legitimate progression versus other roguelites that are roguelites roguelikes whatever um <laughs> other ones that when you die you just lose everything in moonlighter instead you like lose certain things you get kicked out of the dungeon whatever that's something that i really really enjoyed about it so have yeah. you uh have you had somebody try to steal your shit yet no i
1: haven't yet but i fucking annoying <laughs> I I haven't yet but I went to the there's this one guy that you go to when you buy like upgrades for the shop based on what locations you've been in and that was one of the first things I bought was like a decreased chance to get uh thieves in your store because I was like I, it hasn't happened to me yet but when it does I'll be super pissed because I keep putting down these like you know thousand thousand worth cur- like currency items that are like these tomes that are not like super rare, but they're pretty rare. Uh, and if that gets snatched, you know, that's that's a ton of money that I just lost for nothing.
0: Yeah, yeah, they just snatch it and they run away. It's really annoying. Have you uh, spent too much time in a dungeon yet and run into the ghost that'll just fucking murder you? What? No? Yeah, okay, so if you spend too much time in a dungeon, you will actually start to see an eye pop up in your like lower left-hand corner I think of the screen or like on the uh, on your PC it should be lower left-hand on uh corner mm-hmm. and once it gets like all the way open a fucking ghost will appear and murder your ass
1: and it's it's like almost impossible to kill damn that's yeah it's awesome weird all right I'll, maybe I okay so next time I'll just try to take a long time I don't know I've been uh, generally I beat the uh, the levels pretty quick, and I just get to the boss and then we'll die there. Um, yeah, you have to
0: sit there for quite a while.
1: Yeah, I don't usually waste a lot of time when it comes to that. Um, especially now, I feel like... That's one of the negatives about this game is once you get to a certain point, like there's definitely times where i feel like i'm just repeating dungeons because i'm like all right i just need to get some more stuff i just need to get you know more loot get more currency because i'm at that point where i'm like i'm at the last boss in this dungeon i just need a little bit more to get you know some extra damage or some extra armor so i'm just rushing through to get to the next like the final stage of that dungeon area and then get whatever is the highest you know currency loot there Um, so there are certain cases where now I'm running into a, okay, it's a little bit much of a repetition, but it's still, I don't know. It's still a good time, but I generally will try to rush through it as fast as I can. I'll, I'll have to wait. Maybe I'll just like watch something and (laughs) just let it happen and just keep an eye out for it while I'm doing something else.
0: Yeah, there's some crazy shit that'll happen. But I, I really love Moonlighter. I need to get back into it. It's so much fun. It does get a little bit grindy, especially when you reach bosses, because I feel like there's kind of a, a serious like difficulty curve once you reach a boss, yeah. because they have like special enemy. They have special patterns that no other enemy does, and they're so much more powerful mm-hmm. that you basically just have to grind and grind and grind and grind for better materials to better yourself, which yeah. is just like any... RPG, roguelite, whatever. So it's no big deal. Uh, for me, what I've been playing this week, uh, something a little weird and something old. I personally, I played a little bit of Destiny 2 because I've been wanting to get back into it before the Keep expansion comes out. But I have actually decided to jump back in and play through all of the Fable series, including... Wow. The Journey and I believe it's Fable Heroes, if I'm 100% sure, the weird ass little like sock puppet game that's like an action adventure. It's so weird. And I'm really it's like an arcade action adventure whatever. Um I've decided to run back through all of it just because I've been really like trying to find a game that's going to hold my attention mm. and the Fable series absolutely will. So I have all the Fable games with the exception of The Journey, which I guess I'm going to play. <laughs> I, i'm not 100 percent sure that's like torture i don't want to have to buy a connect and i also don't want to play that game but i feel like i need to because i've always said it was ass but i've never played it so i don't i've think... got to finally play it so i could say it's legitimately ass
1: i don't think you're gonna miss much but get yeah. on you chicken chaser i don't think
0: i will either i also chicken chaser i hate that <laughs> Do so you much chase chickens Literally, like, within five minutes of playing the original Fable, I changed my name. The second I got 600 gold, I changed my title, because that pisses me off so much. You don't like Chicken Chaser. No, they're like, that's how. That's a real hero right there, Chicken Chaser. They're
1: like, fuck you. You're I such it. garbage I Fable. love hearing that line. It's so iconic to that game for me. <laughs> At least in Fable 2, they call you Sparrow. Sparrow is cool.
0: Fucking, this is chicken chaser. And then later on, like, if you have the Lost Chapters, you can get the chicken suit. Yeah. (laughs) that's. I will say, at that point, it's actually pretty hilarious. But, yeah, I'm playing through the original fable I started last night. I'm really enjoying it, with the exception of I've gotten to the part in the game, which is not that far in. It's about two hours in, where I hit literally the most fucking annoying quest in this game. I have despised it since the game came out and that is the hob killing contest. It is so fucking annoying because all of these hobs come out and you have to kill them before Whisper does but Whisper will jump in and lunge at them and kill them right before you were about to. Like you've been hacking on this fucking hob for like five minutes and then Whisper hops in, stabs him and it's like she got it and I'm like no you didn't.
1: Mm.
0: You're a fucking liar and for some reason I can't execute them when they're on the ground which I know you can do. And it seems like a lot of people online are having difficulty with it as well. So I got to figure that out too. But I think I might just not do that quest for a second. I might just hop out, go like increase my physique and stuff and come back later. Um, Otherwise, other than Fable uh, or (laughs) Destiny 2, and this doesn't really count. I have been playing with my Digivice a lot. So if you guys hear any random beeping and shit in this podcast, I'm, I'm not playing with it. I'm just waiting for my Digimon to evolve. So mm. or Digivolve. So I bought this just a couple of days ago. It's basically just a Tamagotchi That's but what for I was Digimon. Gonna ask. Yeah. And it's so <laughs> much fun. And I have developed. I have fucking spent way too much time with this as basic Tamagotchi. It's damn. kind of ridiculous. Um yeah. I currently have an Agumon and a uh fuck. I forgot his name. Well, uh, oh, damn. it's it's a um Gabu, fuck! I totally forgot. I for some reason cannot remember his name for the life of me, but it doesn't really matter. Garurumon is one of them. Okay, whatever. It doesn't is matter. It just I'm getting Gabumon. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is Gabumon, but I'm not 100 sure. <laughs> why did you Why did you go for Gabu and then just not put the Mon part on it? Every Digimon
1: ends with Mon.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I didn't want to get it wrong, but I also guess I should have just went with it. It doesn't really matter. Come yeah, on, I've man. got two Digimon right now which is really cool because you can have two so I like hatched it and it turns out yeah that ramps up the difficulty a shitload, dude cause then they both take dumps you have to feed them both you gotta keep them both strong you gotta train them both it's a huge pain in the ass but I'm enjoying it so far it's a lot of fun to play with these I spent 20 bucks on it and I'm just I have to keep it alive for like over 48 hours to get a champion Digimon and I'm really excited about it. Wow what an achievement. Yes, yes. Speaking of achievements, though, that's a perfect segue right there if you guys have ever heard one. Our first news story is over on Polygon. It is written by Patricia Hernandez, and it is No Man's Sky Players uh, Build Wild Cyberpunk City That You Gotta See. Did you watch the video on this guy? I did. I'm going to tell you right now, and this is totally me throwing shade at people who do stuff on Kickstarter. These guys are architects, and they made a better trailer than most Kickstarter trailers. I'm sorry, but it's true. Okay? Like, it's it's kind of like a remedial trailer, but it's a good trailer. Like, it, it it's not anything fantastic, but it is edited well. They didn't try to do anything fancy that they couldn't do. It's just fantastic, but that doesn't really matter. <laughs> so, <laughs> alright then. <laughs> <laughs> Replicant City is probably the closest thing No Man's Sky has to a Times Square, but in space. Looking at it, you'd think that somebody at Hello Games must put this... Okay, I'm not going to really go through a lot of this. So, a small team of architects put together a city within No Man's Sky, and it's pretty massive. It's pretty awesome, and the story of it is really, really interesting, because not only did they have to actually utilize different kind of, like, hacks, like glitch building from what I understand is what it's called, mm-hmm. they also had to find a barren planet like this this moon with deep crevices they had to find it so that when they created this city they could do all of it without it bogging down and possibly crashing their PS4s the fact that's crazy yeah they put so much time and effort into it it says in this story that they spent over 20 hours doing this and it's I think they uh, spent two days like just looking for a planet Mm -hmm. I believe maybe two days to something like that but this is just outrageous oh no right here merely finding a spot that could handle something this complex took about a week Holy shit. This is amazing. This is why we keep talking about the No Man's Sky community because they're awesome. Yeah. They're by far one of the best communities out there. Not just because they're doing all sorts of cool stuff. Like uh, I believe it was either PlayStation Lifestyle or Twinfinite put out an article that uh, Joseph Yaden retweeted or ActiveQuest did um, about the No Man's Sky community mm-hmm. like giving a bunch of money to charity. Not only do they do stuff like that outside of the game, but they also create amazing stuff inside the game. And I hope my hope beyond hopes is that people get into this beyond is coming or it's already out. I believe it's not out yet, but when it comes out and it's going to have like freaking multiplayer, it's going to have all sorts of stuff. I hope that people get into this and the possible like uh, the rumors that it might get a possible switch port. I'm still going to call that as a psychic boys thing because I did say that in our Uh, E3 thing so just saying I'm gonna call it I'm gonna say that I did that (laughs) just letting everybody know
1: what a hero you are
0: I know no big deal so this city was inspired by Blade Runner which the name totally makes sense and uh, architecture like in the fifth element this is so cool. Did, did stories like this make you want to hop into No Man's Sky? Because I I know you're not like you're not a big No Man's Sky player or anything, but we constantly talk about the freaking awesome shit that you could do in this game. How are you just not playing it every day? I mean I'm not, so <laughs> I mean, that just shows my hypocrisy, but I just wanna know why you want.
1: I mean, I personally don't do it because I mean I don't know. I <laughs> This this type of game is definitely one that I would play as like a spectator in trying to travel to that city or travel to these different areas that they're creating and kind of bask in the amazingness of it. Um, but I would never have the time patience <laughs> to ever be a part of the craziness that ensues with this community, like. The mere fact that they got together and were like, hey, let's find a planet and build a whole city. And, you know, it took a whole week doing that? Like, there's no way. I would have I would have by day one I would have been like, well, there's no planet. We're done, guys. Like Yeah. I I think it's really cool, but also I get pretty much the same thing that I would have by just reading articles like this.
0: That's very true. You don't have to necessarily like go through all of the survival mechanics and everything.
1: Yeah. You get to just look at it.
0: Yeah, that's that's very very true. Yeah, I'm,
1: and I'm generally not a person who likes games with survival mechanics. It's just not my thing. Like. I don't know. It it was one of the things that, and granted, there were a lot of issues with Fallout 76, but it's also one of the things that I really didn't like they did because in Fallout, there's always been, you know, that mode where like, hey, do you want a harder difficulty? Put in some, hey, you got to eat and drink water type of uh, mechanic to the game and it'll be harder. And I just, I don't care for that. Like I have to eat and drink normally. I don't need to do it in the game.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's very true. The, the like, escapism side of video games is definitely, like, why does this exist? I honestly, I'm of the mind that eventually video games are going to have to get so hardcore to even, like to sate the appetites of gamers. So I think stuff like this is just a stepping stone, but Mm -hmm. this is so fucking cool. I'm definitely going to hop back into no man's sky. I've heard some like people talking about this, like, Oh yeah, I'm not going to hop into beyond because of no man's sky, like originally burning me. And I don't want to give them more money and everything like that. I, I really hope that that's not, I I hope people give this game a chance because it's so amazing. They made like a, they made a big mistake. They oversold Mm -hmm. this game at launch but since then they've been making like they, they've been diligently just putting their their nose to the grindstone they've been making this game so much better and it it really shows it's amazing now it's so cool and i hope people give it a chance again i'm definitely gonna hop back into it i tried to not too long ago when um not the atlas rising when next came out no man's sky next their like big update um that'll actually allowed legitimate co-op within the game and when they allowed you to go third person which was a big deal for me because i didn't want to be first person Mm -hmm. but i i tried to hop back in then i fucking got spawned on a poisonous planet and i was in a pit and my ship was not in that pit and it was kind of a whole deal but i'm Mm -hmm. super stoked to hop back into this because apparently you can also ride animals and i think that is so awesome so wait
1: wait wait wait. well first off that is awesome but for the beyond portion of this uh game this expansion is this something you have to pay for no no it's yeah all that's, free why, DLC. that's why i was confused when you said people are upset oh about... i'm
0: talking about people like that purchased no man's sky initially and then like sold it oh well, and that's their now they refuse to pay money for it again because they were burnt so hard the first time right Which totally makes sense. And for like a story that we have later in news cram about Sean Murray kind of talking about like experimenting on new ideas alongside No Man's Sky. I want to ask you like when we get there, I want to ask your opinion on something. So I'll just I'll wait for that. But keep that. Yeah, it definitely sucks that people are not giving this the chance that it should get. Uh, But speaking of awesome updates to games, it's time to move on. For our next news story, which is over on Game Informer. It is written by Emrum Khan, and it is SteamWorld Quest gets a 2.0 update with, a ma- with major changes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, SteamWorld Quest, a divisive game, adds a remix mode uh, to the new game plus option after you have beaten the game. Um, the new update adds a remix mode difficulty, which they themselves described as super hard, and remixes the gameplay to add some twists instead of just a regular old new game plus um it also adds some concept art uh, official fan art from the team a jukebox just a bunch of really cool stuff so you have actually you've delved back into SteamWorld quest and actually played this new mode correct
1: yes yes i have so uh, the reason why i definitely wanted to talk about this was so when I played the game originally, I played on the normal mode, uh, and there was always a Legend mode, and I um, started a new game plus back uh, way when this first came out, after I had completed it, and I started it on Legend, and I played for a couple of bosses, and I was like, this is okay. I was like, it's a little bit tougher, like, you know, it it definitely is challenging, but I kind of just, I moved on to a different game, and I left it there. And then I heard about this update and I was like, oh, that's really cool. I wonder, you know, how tough this will be then now that it's harder than Legend. Because even Legend wasn't like, and granted, I didn't get all the way through it. Um, But from what I did go through, I was, you know, having a fine time. I was getting through it. I didn't have any real issues. So with this, I was like, okay, how much harder could this be? Dude, the first fight is so difficult. It's nuts. I was like, so, and one of the taglines that they put in here, not really tagline, but one of the statements is like, it's super difficult, but you start it with new game new game plus, so you'll have all of your items to carry over to help you through, and usually when people say that, they're just kind of like, you know, saying it for like, oh, this will make you more prepared, but like, you really need, like, I used so many potions in the first battle where there's just three enemies, and I'm like... In, in one turn, they almost kill both of my characters each time. And I'm like, Jesus, I can't even do any combos. I can't do anything. I'm like struggling to survive. It is so difficult. Uh, I haven't gotten through to pass the, the the first boss either, which is nuts. But I've heard from uh, people on the internets that apparently it does get easier once you have more characters. Because you start with just two characters and you don't have your third and your third is kind of your, like, tanky healer person. So I'm, I'm guessing once I get to him, it'll change up the dynamic and be at least a little easier. But, like, man, this Remix version is no joke.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is obviously something for hardcore players. But do you think that this will bring anybody kind of, like, back into it, knowing that this is just, like, it's... Uh, let me think of a way to say this. Like, do you think that the like the way that people would have to pitch this new game mode to people would actually bring them back into it? Which I'm thinking the way no. you'd have to pitch it is, "Hey, it's like a TV show, but it gets good three seasons in."
1: <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I mean, that's a really good analogy, but no, I don't think. I don't. This is for a very specific audience. This is for the people who have beat Legend and said that wasn't that tough this is for those people for your average run-of-the-mill person who played the game and was just like that was a good experience or someone who didn't finish it obviously it's not for them but for those people who aren't really looking for you know an intense challenge and just wanted to have fun go through the story experiment with it this is not the update for them it's it's extremely tough and i don't think people will push hard enough to even get to that third character <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, th- from what I'm hearing from you, is like th- this is the this is the mode that's like let me r- make me want to rip out my hair. That's really <laughs> what I want right now, like make me want to physically harm myself. That it's... sounds fantastic. This is a masochist mode. They really yeah. should have just put that in there.
1: Yeah, it's a very resource intensive mode. Uh, the only way I think you can get through this is if you. Go on your original game version, stock up on a ton of really good items, and then restart it for the Legend Remix mode, so that at least you can use potions and things every turn. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's a little bit tough. There are some other cool things that they added, like a jukebox and some uh, different art areas and galleries inside the game, as far as the Switch version goes, and I believe the P- PC version. Um, so like, there's things that are kind of niceties that would bring you back, but not to really hold your interest unless you're one of those people who wants to play the legend, legend remix mode.
0: one more thing I want to ask you before we move on. So this is obviously like you said, it's kind of like an addition of a new game plus mode. So you actually have to beat the game to play this, correct? Yes okay cool that's the last thing i wanted to know because was just like man i hope nobody just jumps into this and it ruins their experience but if it's a new game plus mode they obviously know what they're getting into because they have to play through the entire fucking game to play it so.
1: yeah because i and i i have to actually double check just to make sure uh but i'm pretty sure it won't even come up as an option unless you have new game plus uh clicked and then it will like uh, what it does is when you go to start a new save file it'll ask if you want to do new game and then new game plus and i don't think the remix version will show up unless you put new game plus as the option ah, first. but i have to double okay. check on that but it it should not let you because this like i I'd, I'd be so surprised if someone could make it through this without it being a new game plus mode I actually really, really like that, like, different games will do that. So,
0: like, uh, I believe in The Witcher and some other big RPGs and stuff like that. They don't force you to play through Well, they do, actually. Um, So to choose the higher difficulties, you actually have to beat different difficulties. So I believe in the Gears of War series, there's hard, and then there's like basically a brutal mode that's much, much harder. Mm -hmm. And to do that, you actually have to beat the game on hard. So they're like, yeah, just so you don't walk into this and say that this is a shit game because it's so hard you actually have to play through the game once on the hardest difficulty possible for normal players kind of thing. So right. I think that's really, really cool. But speaking of additions to old games, this is not, that's not an old game that came out this year, but still transition kind of works. Damn, now we're I was going to say, last. I was
1: going to say, man, <laughs> you were almost three for three. This episode. I was like, Oh, I'm really, really yeah, uh, I can't. getting excited about this. Those transitions are getting better and better.
0: See, but I have to be the best at bad transitions. I guess And that's true. now I'm just sneaking this one in, you know? Yeah. Now you're, like, surprised. Mm. It's the element of surprise, big Josh boy. Uh, that's what it is. That's how it but works. But our next news story is over in Nintendo Life. It is written by... Ryan Craddock, and it is Monster uh, Monster Boy dev teases Switch Lite-specific game feature. Uh, the new Nintendo Switch Lite is only just over a month away, and we're looking forward to seeing how our favorite games uh, feel, blah, blah, blah. doesn't really matter. So, it sounds like the developer of this game has come out on Twitter, and they said Monster Boy is running on the Nintendo Switch Lite, and they are possibly thinking about and developing a A new nifty feature that nobody needs, but it has to be done. Uh, Patch 1.0.5 is in the works. They have confirmed that it is not. uh, In replies to uh, other Twitter users, the studio has revealed that it is not related to the new D-pad. That it only makes sense on the Switch Lite. And that it will change the whole, uh, it'll change the whole experience. Aside from these hints, F D G is refusing to budge. It says it'll reveal all when it, when the time is right. So, I, I don't know what, what possibly is included in the Switch Lite that is not included on any like other Nintendo Switch consoles.
1: Uh, that's what's kind of confusing. Is everything about the Switch Lite is more about things being taken away. <laughs>
0: Yeah, like, you you can no longer remove, I mean, other than the fact that, like, it has an increased battery life from the original Switch model, but then they also announced that they're putting out another Switch model that just had better battery life anyway. So, I, and, like, you can't remove the Joy-Cons, cool. I'm wondering (sighs) if they're gonna possibly add in, like, a feature to where you can use, like, a Tilt to actually move your character instead of using the D-pad? I don't know. That, I, it
1: sounds terrible on a platformer, though.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they said right now, nobody needs it. Like, that absolutely <laughs> sounds terrible. But I I can't see any other features that would be placed in Monster Boy that couldn't be done on any other console other than the Nintendo Switch Lite.
1: Yeah, I have no idea. I, <laughs> it's, I mean, so here's the thing that definitely comes to mind is more of like a bigger what if down the road um and granted this might be something silly and doesn't matter and it probably is but like i kind of wanted to talk talk about this just because of the fact that especially when developers of a console kind of make these weird iterations it makes it so now there's worry of games that can only be played on a certain one of them or certain features that don't apply granted this is weird because it's in the opposite direction than you you would expect because usually it would have been like hey it's the switch Lite. it can't play this game because it's not as powerful or it doesn't have you know detachable joy cons so i think it's kind of funny that the first thing we're getting from like a new game other than those older ones that have already come out or a new edition is actually something on switch lights favor.
0: Yeah, it is a little weird. I understand what you're saying. Like how, uh, the 3ds versus the, the new 3ds didn't have that C stick. So you couldn't play games. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I believe Xenoblade Chronicles was one of them because it required that C stick. Yeah. Stuff like that is really weird. And I really kind of despise it. Uh, we have talked about this before, I can't really remember when. Um, now, I'm trying to think about it because I had an issue with them like needing to show box art. Oh, it was the fact that you can't remove the Joy-Con so you can't play games like Mario Party yeah, and exactly. stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, this is just a new feature. So I, I don't think it's going to be anything special because it is just going to be the same game, but updated on the console to where this console can actually do this. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. This is really weird. Yeah. Like, and I and doubt there will be any sort of advertisement for this. It'll just be like, oh yeah, the Switch version. Yeah. Switch but it's Lite also,
1: it's also weird. Cause like what we were talking about, like there's no difference between the Switch Lite and the Switch. Like you could still make the Switch portable. Like how, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a real brain teaser as to yeah. what they're thinking about i guess we'll
0: just have to see because i i think basically everyone is stumped on what exactly the nintendo switch light can't or can do the the nintendo switch or playstation 4 for that matter couldn't like oh, i'm yeah, i'm true. really interested to find out this is, that'll be really interesting um but i think it's about time we hop in to news cram we're gonna cram you guys full of some indie game information
1: Cram, 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 cram.
0: That was much faster. You're cramming pretty hard like a jackhammer. We cow. got lots to get through, buddy. That is very true. Our first news cram article is over on IGN. and It is Sean Murray um, experimenting on new ideas alongside No Man's Sky. So the issue I have with this is mm-hmm. the big like flaw that No Man's Sky had was Sean Murray specifically just going out and talking to people and promising more and more and more. And I have spoken before that I believe that Sean Murray might not be the greatest spokesperson for no man's sky anymore um, because he has that, like there's that negative impact of him being there. Like he, he should work on it obviously, but him being the public face of hello games is a little weird Mm -hmm. because he's the one who went out and promised all this stuff. And then when it didn't happen, Obviously, they kind of disappeared. Made the game great again. It's just kind of, or made the game great. But uh, <laughs> that's a good, uh, that's a good slogan. Someone
1: should pick that up.
0: <laughs> um, but I just think it's a little weird. Like, sh- I. I- it's not that weird like but Sean Murray announcing that he specifically is experimenting on other new game ideas. I feel like his name being associated with any new games is going to have kind of a sticker shock. Like people are going to mm. see that and be like, "Ah, I don't know if I want to check out his
1: game cuz he lied." It's a good point. Maybe he's just making Super Mario Maker 2 worlds though.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, those are new ideas. He's yeah. He's
1: experimenting. Uh, he's trying, he's maybe he's going to make a platformer and he's starting off with those.
0: I believe that uh, it was like one of the creators of Rogue Legacy. I I think I saw an article about one of them creating Mario Maker levels. And I was like, I don't know why this is a fucking article. Everybody loves it. Apparently, everybody really enjoys it. Uh, Our next news article is No Man's Sky New Social Hub Nexus uh, Vastly Changes Multiplayer. Then we're, oh, these are all on Polygon, by the way. Um, (laughs) We've got uh, Skullgirls Team's RPG Indivisible launches in October. This game
1: looks pretty dope, actually. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat
0: I remember, like, hearing it being delayed to 2019 mm-hmm. in 2018, but I'm glad it's finally coming out because it looks really, really cool.
1: Yeah. It's also really strange since it's, like, half platformer, half uh, turn-based fighting.
0: Yeah. I haven't checked out a whole lot about it. Oh, I, I, I've it actually looks, it never looks really, really played Soul Like, I,
1: I still don't understand, like, even watching the trailer for it, like how well the transition is between jumping around versus going into a battle. Like it just looks awfully odd. Like, because you would think the pacing would just kind of suck if you're doing these high precision, you know, fast paced platforming style type things. And then all of a sudden it's like, all right, now stand here and fight this guy.
0: Yeah, yeah, I definitely could see why that would be weird. I wonder if they're including like random encounters, kind of like how they would have a transition stage, like in Pokemon, where you run up and then it does the like,
1: and
0: the screen mm, mm, changes like and it transitions it. to the turn based Can we? I'm wondering we if it's going to have that something like and that. Put that in our promo. The. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I like.
0: Yeah, that. maybe, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe I should do the music in our promo, and it'll just be that looped over and over again for thirty <laughs> seconds. <laughs>
1: I fucking love it. <laughs> I, will. Uh, I Speaking will
0: it. of transitions, it's time to move on to the game informer section of NewsCram. We've got Imagination Powered Adventure, Knights and Bikes releasing later this month. I'm really excited about it that.
1: It looks pretty cool.
0: Yeah, the d- people look kind of creepy, but whatever. I mean, um, whatever. <laughs> then we've got Hyperlight drifter and Mutant Year Zero are the next freebies on the Epic Game Store. Ooh, ooh. Um, ethereal platformer greece or gris gree whatever you want to say uh is coming to ios this month we've got hello games is interested in no man's sky on switch oh, the mm-hmm. hello
1: games news
0: mm-hmm. yeah dude it's because it's, it's a great game you guys should play it um <laughs> We got Children of Morda launches in mid-October. Now we're hopping over to Twinfinite for just one article. Um, we got <laughs> Cadence of Hyrule receives a free demo on the Nintendo eShop. That's pretty dope. I'm Congrats. glad.
1: I like demos. <laughs> I mean, although demos are sometimes negative for a game, so. That's true. Yeah, you can get, the like, a bad opinion. It's like a bad taste in your mouth from a demo. Yeah. I, c- I see. Okay. Or, I mean, well, also because, like, if you're giving a person a taste of it rather than them just buying it, like, you can't get the money that you would have from some sucker who bought the game that wouldn't have liked it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I imagine that's a great
0: way to look at it. Dude, <laughs> like, I'm really pro-consumer. <laughs> Buy my game, you sucker. You
1: suckers. I mean, it's not their fault that they're a sucker.
0: That's true. That's very true. Maybe they should uh, have speaking... liked the game, you know? <laughs> Speaking of Nintendo, we're hopping over to Nintendo Life now. We've got RPG Vambrace. Cold Soul scores Switch release date and major gameplay improvements. Uh, Vigil, The Longest Night, brings Castlevania-inspired 2D side-scrolling to the Switch. New Switch RPG, Silk, promises the biggest handcrafted open world of all time. Uh, yeah, that's that's a lofty promise right there. <laughs> they should watch out speaking Mm -hmm. of no man's sky that's (laughs) um Mm. (laughs) dan forance maybe forance something uh reconfirms smash style brawler rivals of ether for switch the binding of isaac four souls card game is now available to buy from target this is a physical card game big josh boy i know it actually
1: looks pretty dope and i'm a big fan of Binding of isaac so it's uh it's kind of on my radar
0: (laughs) i wonder why it's only at target though
1: I mean, I don't think it's only a Target. I think they're just saying that it's there. I mean, I'm sure you can get it elsewhere. It seems weird to strike a deal with Target for the blinding of Isaac. Yeah, maybe
0: the Nintendo life, like, people just really like Target.
1: (laughs) Maybe. Maybe it was just someone was, like, perusing Target's website and was like, hey, it's here, and then didn't do any other checking and was just like, nope, it's at Target. All right. Well, I guess there are actual places within
0: the world that Targets are actually good. Mm. not in idaho not where i
1: live they all smell like pee i don't know why i actually like targets over here in florida they're pretty nice
0: well apparently i need to go to florida if i want
1: to go to a target it'd be cool we can go to like disney or something
0: yeah like the guys over at hp uh handsome phantom for all those who don't know what i'm talking about you know what i mean Mm because i'm an elitist boom boom i'm touching my shirt you know how people do um (laughs) what (laughs) oh not at all but all the guys at handsome phantom constantly talk about the sweet deals they get through like their pinwheel program and i'm like i don't even fucking go in target dude like my targets eat ass they suck yeah, yeah. Um, we got bite the out. bullet is an RPG where you eat enemy corpses to power up. Man, Sounds speaking of eating, so gross. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the original Idle Do brings its Zelda-inspired adventure to Switch next week. And for the last story within NewsCram, we've got. And live the life of a news editor in headliner Nova News, a simulation game coming to Switch now, Big Josh Boy. That's We've many. been blessed with so many amazing indie games news stories today that it's about time we give back to the creators in our next segment. God bless the crowd. This is where the big, uh, the biggest of average Josh Boy hopped into different crowdfunding sites and finds us some awesome indie games to talk about. Today we have two, and I'm telling you two, awesome indie games news f- or uh, kickstarter you, things not just news the link i accidentally clicked w and it disappeared <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> i'm trying to copy them and like open them and i accidentally clicked w and it just like disappeared <laughs> gotta gotta
1: keep that shit those tabs open buddy
0: yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I don't want it to bog down my internet too much. You know what I mean? Like, my internet can barely sustain this, let alone 12 tabs being open.
1: That is a true struggle. Get yourself <laughs> some good internet, boy.
0: So our two games we're going to talk about, and God bless the crowd this week, are Ao the Clown, Ayo. a beautiful 2.5D platform game, and Alder's Blood, a Victorian Western tactical stealth game. These both look awesome, I'm mm-hmm. telling you, and in Ao the Clown, that clown eats ass. So <laughs> this is kind of just, it's, they're both great. They're both high Am I? they score like 10 so far. Oh goddamn. Yeah, yeah. Uh so, let's hop into Ale the Clown first. Right, They're asking for 17,000. That's their goal. They've got 23 days left to go. 333 backers and they have $16,795 already. They are definitely going to get funded and I'm huh. excited to see how this weird little clown game ends up. So, the story of this is this clown is looking for his dog that was stolen from his house. And he's just fucking shit up, looking for that dog. It seems like that's the the, the gist of the story.
1: Yeah, got to find it. Yeah,
0: yeah. You got to look around. You got to find your dog. You got to beat up uh, little, like, indigenous populations, I guess.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Like throw, uh, I guess, balls at cl- or crabs and get shocked by robots, get killed by hammers. There's a lot of strange stuff in this game. I don't know. Yeah, he beats things to death with a bat. Yeah, it's pretty... Like, it seems
0: much more, like, dire and dark than this kind of whimsical... Like, its whimsical nature would make it seem.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, there's a bear with a tie chasing him. <laughs>
0: I mean, dude, this guy, he's frog-ass, so there's there's a lot that could happen in this. Oh, my God, there's a little T-Rex. Fuck, yeah, this game is awesome.
1: This is, yeah, (laughs) it's very strange. Oh, yeah, he does smack him with a bat. Look at him go. Yeah, he
0: beams him with that bat. So, to get the game, you only got to do $20. And I know we constantly talk about games being $20, but this is a game that kind of makes sense being $20. A standard platformer like Chasm, Shovel Knight, uh, freaking, I'm not going to say Bloodstained because that's like $40 for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. They put freaking Ega's name on anything, and apparently you can sell it for 40 bucks. Okay. But the standard price for platform games like this is about $20 and I think this is awesome. This game looks great. I'm excited about it. It's coming to the Nintendo Switch as well as uh, other consoles. Um, All consoles Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One are unlocked uh, from the beginning. Ignore what the tiers say, whatever. Yeah, one of the tiers is like them unlocking it. That's so cool. I'm so excited for this game to come to platforms even though I despise clowns. This looks great.
1: (laughs) I mean, he's a cute cute clown you can't really be scared of this guy
0: yeah that's true i mean it looks like he's uh kind of diving into pig poop at one point in time though
1: so i'm like hmm, yeah i don't know what, what's up with uh, you i don't know what's wrong with uh Ao. he's pretty <laughs> he's pretty messed <laughs> up honestly i feel like if you scroll down there's uh some physical rewards and one of them is a crochet version of him i think that's fucking creepier than anything yeah
0: Yeah, that's definitely creepy. They have, like, a plush that's soon to be coming, like, a picture. I'm excited to see what that looks like. And also, I love that they have the, your object can be in the game, and it's like the maraca. You (laughs) think you put, like, your initials on the maraca or something to, like, make sure that you could see it?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they would have done that, but obviously this is just in their example of it. Can I put a dildo, though?
0: Uh, I, I mean... I don't know how much you're paying to get your object yeah. in the game. I guess but it's it not seems really my like...
1: object, though. I guess that's kind of weird.
0: I don't know. Freaking maraca is it your object either? I mean, does it matter, be. Dude, put maybe, that dildo in the game. Maybe I like shaking
1: a maraca. You don't know me. Maybe you like playing with dildos. I don't know you. Hey man, <laughs> there's there's a certain uh, certain you know time for certain things. And uh, yeah, I'm not you know, kink shaming you, bro. Everybody's you guys, everybody's cool. got their own thing, you know. Yeah, you want one of those meaty hogs?
0: It's cool. Yeah, man.
1: I just want to put a dildo in this game. What's what's so wrong with that? (laughs) (laughs) That They're like, wait, you're a dude? (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh, no. (laughs) Just fucking, you know, make it the dildo, but like dress it up as a balloon animal. You know? It's a dog Ah. that's missing two legs. Yeah,
0: yeah. You're like,
1: it's a snake. (laughs) It's a snake. (laughs) It's a snake with two tumors on the end. You know oh so you
0: include the balls oh, right. cru- yeah come
1: on man you can't just you can't you can't have a dildo without balls you can't go it's half shafts what are you it's crazy <laughs> yeah that's <but> outrageous <laughs> so this clown game looks pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've, I've kind of derailed all of this no but actually yeah you're right uh back to the game the, the game looks super cute it definitely is you know very very platformesque uh it's kind of similar to many that you would see um especially from like i'm thinking of god i can't remember the name of it but there was this one it's like toki it kind of reminds me of this one little bird um but it it's super cute i don't know how challenging this will be based on you know what we're seeing but it definitely is an interesting pickup. I don't know. Like I said, you know, we we had the whole 20 bucks is like an average amount to pay for one of these style games. I still personally think it's a little pricey for what I would want. I think this would be more of like a $15 thing and I'd probably pick it up. Um, and granted, that's only $5. It's kind of nitpicky, but it's still usually I would expect this game to come out for like a $20 price point. And I don't know how much is really worth backing it versus just waiting. You know what I mean? Like how much are they really planning on upping this amount?
0: Yeah, yeah, like if they're if they're planning on going much higher than 20, mm-hmm. I, I doubt they would.
1: Like 25
0: I feel like is kind of the ceiling for games like this. And even then it's like nah, it's way too that's too high.
1: Yeah. I mean, granted there there looks to be some interesting things in there. There's like the sliding effect. He has the little like half jump balloon thing that like floats him he's got this hammer that he's using to attack a bunch of enemies on the ground he's got his bat he's got i think he's throwing water balloons at people like there's a lot of elements to this that could be fun i'm just not really too sold on it yet but it does look super cute and if you're a platformer type of person um it's more than likely probably something that you would be interested in um I don't know. I think it's uh I think it's pretty good. I just don't think I'm going to back it specifically. All right. That's a good
0: way to pop over to the next one. Now we've got Alder's Blood, a Victorian western tactical stealth game. Alder's Blood is a turn-based a tactical stealth game for PC and Switch. Pack your bag, reload your gun and hunt the corrupt god. I'm super I I actually think this one looks really really cool. Yeah. Their goal is $12,000. They currently have $8,302 and they've got 21 days left to go. To pick up the game by itself is $20, mm-hmm. but I do I will say This is not your standard, like, tactical game. The fact that it is stealth-based is really, really cool. Because I've always hated the fact that, like, you're just standard humans who become monster hunters. And for some reason you can take on these monsters and i like that in this game it takes more of a realistic stance toward it and they're like no dude not even one of you could defeat a werewolf you actually have to play as a team and i think that's really cool they also have like a really interesting like a scent mechanic where you can't like go upwind of werewolves and such because they'll smell you and they'll come find you i think that's so Mm. cool
1: yeah it's a really different take on these kind of strategy games where usually it's you know something like a uh, like a fire emblem or like uh, advanced wars where you're basically just have a bunch of units and you have to be meticulous and smart about where you're placing them and where they can attack you and where you can attack them. but this is like a totally different element to it of having to hide having to really strategize of you are definitely the weaker piece in this game and you have to find ways around these you know powerful enemies and find super smart ways to take them out and things like that i i think it's really cool i definitely like the art style to it as well um i think this type of like you know uh this genre uh, or style of games is getting really popular. At least that's what it seems like in the Kickstarter world of things. And these, like, demon kind of Cthulhu-esque, like, weird stories. I feel like we've yeah, done... Yeah, Lovecraftian l- stuff is really, really popular. Yeah, I feel like we've done a lot of these lately. Um, but generally, I'm not the biggest... Uh, backer in that kind of style, but it just, it really seems to fit the way the mechanics play around in this game. The fact that you have to use your stealth and do it tactically with the different, you know, choices that you're given or the, the activities that you have to take out on the map. Uh, I really think that this is something that I would probably enjoy just because it is a very different nuance of a tactical game.
0: Yeah, this game looks really, really cool. I I honestly can't wait for it to come to consoles, and I hope the user interface is good on consoles. I don't know why. It seems like tactical games are a little bit harder. Like, uh, for instance, when the original Dragon Age came out, they didn't actually include the tactical view uh, because, I assume, of some sort of technical limitation, but on PC they had it. Mm-hmm. And then they eventually implemented it in Dragon Age Inquisition, which was really cool, and I really enjoyed that. But... I'm excited to see how this goes. It seems to be it's not like grid based, which is really weird. Yeah. Um the way because it's normally
1: like you're yeah, using like that weird like um It's kinda like point and click, but you have a certain length that you can go towards. Yeah, I really area. like that. I, I like that a lot because it's a little bit less
0: limiting versus grid based is like, okay, it's obviously super restricting because you have to go within these squares. Versus this it's like, okay, I see a bush over there. I can go in that fucking bush if I have my like sprint speed and stuff like that. I I think that's really, really cool.
1: Yeah, and I think the interesting part about that is it's almost... So you're using it in the sense of like it being a good thing because you can get to a bush or whatnot. But I think uh, it's actually somewhat limiting and makes it, at least how I assume this is going to feel, feel even harder as the player because depending on how this game does it you're not going to actively know can I get to that bush because it might be a little bit out of your range whereas in grid-based style you'd be like okay I can really strategize I can say this is three blocks away my character always has three movement I can get to it whereas this I feel like is going to be much different where it's more of like a panic of like I don't even know if I can get to that bush on my turn I'll have to find out and you know make those plans accordingly
0: Yeah, that's very true. That actually might, like, it it might not actually make it a little bit more accessible or easier. It actually might just end up lending to the overall, like, unease and horror feel that this game has. I will say, one of the things I love the most about this game is the fact that it has old-timey guns. I find old-timey guns so fucking interesting. (laughs) They're so awesome. It's partly the reason why I love Fable 2 so much is because Fable 1... Just had bows and crossbows. Fable 2 had flintlock pistols. It had all of these like sweet flintlock rifles. And I love that so much. And they have similar stuff in this game. Because it's like Victorian England and such. So they have kind of like seemingly matchlock guns. They have harpoon guns. They have six shooters. But seemingly different types of six shooters. Um, I'm really excited about this. I I like this setting a lot. I feel like this game is just... It's really, really interesting. the The art style reminds me a lot of a more like Lovecrafty and Banner Saga, which I think is really, mm-hmm. really cool. Right. Um, yeah, I'm overall just really excited about this game. I think it looks really awesome, and I think people should definitely check it out on Kickstarter
1: yeah it's pretty cool and one of the things i do like is what we were just talking about ao the clown how i was like oh i wonder what the actual amount is going to be this kickstarter shows hey we are going to sell this at a retail value of 25 um if you didn't get the early bird specials which none are available now you'd have to get the game for 20 dollars." so they're basically saying hey you still get a five dollar discount if you back us now That is really,
0: really nice. Mm -hmm. I enjoy that as well. I actually didn't even notice that they said that they were going to sell it for more.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the only thing that does suck is one of the things you mentioned. This is definitely... uh... Oh, actually, that's interesting. It says PC and Switch, but I don't... Yeah, PC and Switch and the consoles are locked, so it looks like they're
0: locked behind stretch
1: goals. Yeah, okay, that makes sense now. Okay, so yeah, I was trying to see. That's interesting, and I guess it makes sense that they're going for Switch since that's kind of the indie seller right now, but um it's interesting that they wouldn't hide that behind a tier as well just since there's the obvious uh additional cost when it comes to porting it to a switch
0: yeah i see the additional cost like i i understand that but i also feel like people are more likely to back something if it's also coming to switch like i feel like there's a reason that games sell so much on the switch Mm -hmm. Um, people want to play them there they of course also want to play them on pc so it seems like if you're making an indie game you should try to put it on both switch and pc at launch and then possibly bring in the playstation 4 and xbox ones because i feel like they'll probably just sell less um i don't know but yeah i feel like that's actually more of a selling point saying your game is also going to be on switch Right. And it's not locked behind a stretch goal or anything like that because then it brings people in knowing that they're going to get it no matter what. It's not like up to if somebody wants to freaking put or like a hundred people want to put a dollar in or whatever. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I really like that.
1: And I mean they're only like 4K away from their goal and they've got 21 days. So I mean they're 66% there. They're uh, looking pretty good I would say.
0: Yeah, I hope this game gets funded. I think it's really, really cool. But it's speaking of cool, I guess, I don't really know. It's time to cool down this podcast. It's time to bring it down a level as we kind of transition into the end of this podcast. Our random question of this week, or pretty much just a a random circumstance, you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. of this week, is Walmart taking out uh, advertisements for violent video games. I should also say... I've heard a couple people say this within their podcast, but I've also heard others omit this detail. They are not just taking out the advertisements for violent video games, but also violent movies. And that also includes like hunting videos and stuff like that. From what I understand, they're taking out all of that uh, as kind of like... uh, I don't know a show of good faith. Uh, people also have issues that they are taking down the signage, but they are still selling guns. But to be fair, they're still like I I, I don't know necessarily if they're advertising guns, but. It doesn't seem like they're just specifically targeting video games, which I think is good. It seems like they're kind of spreading the wealth in a way, but in a more shitty way. They are taking down advertisements for violent video games, violent movies, and like hunting stuff. So I I think that's good. I think that's good of them to do something across the board versus just singling out video games. And I should say that there was also an issue with like I believe a larger news organization, I think it was just one, but I don't know how many reported that certain Walmarts were actually just removing all of the violent video games from shelves based on, yeah, like a Twitter post of somebody saying that their Walmart specifically did remove all of them. And they had a picture of them only having like FIFA and other games that weren't necessarily like quote unquote violent. Um, So that, from what I understand, they updated their article. That is not a real thing. Walmart never said for anybody to do that. And if this Walmart or a Walmart took all those video games down, they were not supposed to. The only thing that they are meant to take down is specifically the signage for violent video games. So it's not this massive deal that it could have been, but it's still kind of annoying.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the main thing, uh, and I had not heard about the video game uh issue as far as them removing things from their shelves i just heard about the images i mean the main issue and you see this from a lot of responses is like that is just trying to solve a bigger issue with something that has nothing to do with it but is easy to point a finger at like the fact that walmart can say oh video games and violent movie images are the problem and then also have a full dedicated section where they sell guns is like well i don't think you really get to make that distinction like granted you could say oh well these are for hunting and whatnot but like not all of those weapons are that they're selling
0: yeah i i definitely think it's a very weird way to save face like just taking down kind of like uh, violent media of mm-hmm. different kinds and like it will the advertisement for violent media i definitely do think that's weird as well um yeah that's that's been something i've seen a lot that they're mm-hmm. like people are like oh not only are and this is kind of like an ill-informed person um possibly i i don't know i've heard people report on this saying that Across the board, they're taking this stuff down. But it's possible that some might have just taken down video game stuff. But right. I have heard people talk about, oh, not only are they singling out video games in this as, as like against movies and other violent mediums, but they are also still selling guns. Yeah. And yeah, uh, there, there's the defense that they're like, of course, they're still selling guns. Guns make them more money than video games do. I, I totally believe that. But... I don't understand Walmart kind of like, I I don't know if it's like this weird flex, like they're like, oh yeah, we stand with the victims and stuff like that because somebody like one of these mass shootings happened in a Walmart. So that's obviously what, what caused this like Mm -hmm. little mix up this change, but it's just weird. It's, it's a weird way to both have your cake and eat it too.
1: They're like, yeah, exactly.
0: we'll make a small fix, kind of, like, in some people's eyes, a small fix, but also have a greater issue still present.
1: Yeah, and granted, like, I'm not, like, I think it, it kind of does make sense. Like, I don't think we need to actively advertise Consistent violence, especially when there are, you know, a much younger audience that are walking through. I don't think this has anything to do with video games. I think the fact that, regardless of what imagery is out there, if it's, you know, that violent imagery, if someone's at a younger age, it might not be something that's, you know, suitable for everyone. And so I think that makes sense. But the fact that they're doing this in lieu of the issues that happened with Walmart, you know, that shooting being there, like, that's that's not the reason like the the trying to solve issues that have nothing to do with the current task at hand is the reason why this is a big deal like you're effectively saying the problem and why these mass shootings are happening is clearly because of video games and movies being too violent and for that reason we need to take away these posters so that people can't see them but also we'll still sell you that gun so you could shoot up the place anyway
0: yeah, they're kind of fueling the whole like scapegoat mm-hmm. issue. Exactly. Like uh, they're they're of course like politicians and such. They're saying video games are violent, and that is a contributing factor to mass shootings. And instead of Walmart kind of going up against that, like Walmart as a company, as a corporation, going out and speaking against that, instead they are kind of just feeding into that. And they're like, oh, if they think that, then how about we just take down these advertisements? So. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely see where you're coming, where you're coming from when you say that it seems like they're just part of the scapegoat idea. Right. Like they, they're not doing anything to actually solve the problem. Instead, they're just feeding into people's fear. Yeah, it's and also making
1: money on the thing they're afraid of, which is. <laughs> I know. It's a weird situation. And granted, like like I said, I'm not an active like, oh, we should have all these violent posters up. Like, there's definitely a time and place for things. And this has been a reoccurring issue where people have always said, oh, well, it's video games that are causing, you know, violence. Like, this is not something new to the media. Like, this has always been a big thing. But the fact that it happens right at that time that the shooting occurs and that's their resolution, like, come on, Walmart. Like, what are you doing? That's that's not doing anything.
0: Yeah. No one's
1: no one's walking into Walmart thinking, "Oh, I'm going to be totally fine," and then sees a poster of someone shooting someone and then be like, "Well, I guess I'll have to do it now."
0: Yeah, it's really weird. I I don't really understand the rhetoric around video games making you violent. I I could see how an outside perspective might see it and be like, "Oh, he's shooting people, so obviously he's going to become desensitized to shooting people." But right. if so, you'd think that like if that was a real thing and not just escapism, then you'd think that military organizations would use that because their their whole like the the whole reason of like joining the or what they do in boot camp is tear you down. They basically take you down to the base elements of a human and they teach you to kill other humans mercilessly. Like with they they teach you to defend your country by killing other people or like by saving your your comrades and stuff like that, so it's like you you'd think if they really did make people violent that they would be used in a larger way within people's training in the military. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's
1: that's a weird like weird conspiracy theory way to think of it, but yeah, I, I just find that odd. I don't know. And granted, like there's definitely things where like video games will desensitize you to certain elements or aspects, but like if you're in a mindset where you're, you know, that convinced that clearly there's nothing to it, then it's not really like, it's it's one of those chicken came before the egg kind of a thing. Like clearly there's something else going on that might be, you know, contributing from something, some type of mental illness or some type of other ailment that really was brought on by that. But no one just like plays a video game and then is like, well, now I you know what? I've learned from call of duty that I can now kill people and it'll be okay. Like no, there's anyone who thinks that is clearly not in a right mental state and there would be something more to it than that.
0: Yeah. It's, it's not that video games made them that way. Right. Yeah. I I definitely see where you're coming from. It's, it's a weird, like this is all just such a large and fucked up issue. The fact that it keeps happening is so crazy. It's, I don't really know the the big issue that I have with this is one that nothing is happening. Right. Like the the fact that I mean they're taking those violent doing, posters
1: down at least, you know.
0: Yeah, right. I guess they're doing something, but the the inaction is really annoying. And also, and this isn't me necessarily like blaming people like civilians in any way, but the the fact that everybody thinks that they know what will fix this but they're all, like, offering simple solutions to a really complex problem. They're like, oh, just ban all the assault rifles. And it's like, okay, well, think about that a little bit deeper. If you ban all the assault rifles, how are you going to get them? Because there's more guns in this country than there are people. Mm. So I, I just, I don't know. I wouldn't mind so much people talking about gun control or larger issues if they just had kind of, like, they had a plan in some way to actually enact what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Like, I I don't know. It's kind of like instead of just yelling into a void, you're actually developing a plan to to try to change things, to show that the world can be different and this is how, instead of just saying, oh, you should do this. And it's like, okay, cool. That's not going to really work. Like if you tried to take away people's guns, there's obviously going to be more people who die from that than mass shootings.
1: Yeah. I mean, (sighs) I mean, it's, it's tough. Like this, there's no easy fix to something that's this big of a problem that has stemmed for years and years. Like there's clearly a disconnect between, you know, how a lot of people feel regarding guns and like, that's fine. People can have different opinions, but because of that, we need to, you know, find some kind of solution to help with at least decreasing the volume of these terrible occurrences and it, it really sucks because obviously when you're talking about plans from the internet or people coming up with ideas of like how they think things should be done, usually people are very quick to say their response, but very against actually listening back to what others think about it. And even if they do listen, it's more of just so that they can spout back their opinion again and sell them they're wrong if they're going against their reasoning. So it's, it's it's pretty tough, especially, like, you know, you're not going to get any, like, oh, this is the one solution from, like, some random forum. But, like, still, there definitely needs to be more talk on this or some kind of, you know, some kind of plan to help with the fact that this keeps occurring. And it's definitely not just banned video games. Like, that's, that's a band-aid that has nothing to do with these pieces and it sucks because granted i have no idea like i won't even try to begin to admit that i have an inkling of what we should do on this subject but like damn it pretty much seems like we really need to do something
0: (laughs) yeah like at the moment nobody's doing anything or they're they're possibly doing small things that aren't going to affect anything it seems like Everybody just needs to make concessions to, like, further this common goal. We want people to stop dying in mass shootings. We need to just start making little concessions. And we, like, as consumers and as gamers, if we have to give up, like, signage for violent video games or an increase to like... Uh, like increased security for violent video games that you have to be a certain age and you really have to prove who you are you're you're like random person just can't buy you this violent video games i'm i'm totally fine with that personally i i don't like you i don't mind that there are these advertisements that are being taken down i don't think they're gonna hurt sales that much Mm -hmm. um i I'm, I'm fine with a lot of it. I just, one, banning violent video games isn't going to do anything. Um, it's really just going to hurt, like, a billion-dollar industry for absolutely no reason. And, like, and two, something just needs to give. Something needs to happen because we just keep talking about it over and over again, and nothing happens, and it's just annoying. <laughs> yeah. But... Yeah, time to end this on another depressing note. It's always a
1: depressing (laughs) note. We got to stop this, man. It's always something that's just like, "Ah, yeah, I feel defeated. All right, let's end the episode now. Yeah,
0: I told you, consistency, symmetry is beauty. Oh, man. (laughs) I should know. I have two gigantic symmetrical nostrils. I'm oh, a beautiful human being. I didn't know where being. you were
1: going with that. I was like, oof. <laughs> <laughs> is...
0: Nah, dude. My nuts aren't symmetrical. Those are ugly. Uh, yeah. Don't I'm, worry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Make sure... If you want to chat with us outside the show, that you follow us on uh, Twitter at IndiePod. You can also follow me at High Legion and Josh at the underscore George 90. Eventually, he will change it to the biggest of average Josh Boys, but <laughs> you guys just have to like tweet at him constantly. <laughs> Eventually, will. he'll give in. I will never. Not even. Come once. on. <laughs> the Legion of fans of this shows. just they just need to. Uh, really, this is what I'm talking about converge against a common like enemy a common goal mm, and change your twitter name to the biggest of average josh oh, boys. Of that's course. that's that's what i'm saying right there this is like this is to us doing our part to change america and the world big josh <laughs> boy. so this will this
1: will solve all our problems don't worry guys i got this
0: As an added reminder, make sure you check out some of the other podcasts within the HP Video Game Podcast Network. They are awesome. Make sure to check out Active Quest and the HP Podcast and all of the other shows. All fantastic. All great. All seem really interesting. I'm, of course, not going to be a hypocrite. I'm going to check them out, too, so don't you guys worry. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the show, and we will see you guys next week.
1: Bye, guys.